Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Jesus 911. Yes, we are back with Jesse and Anita. Up oh, and uh, this is the this is the it's Advent se- it's Advent but it's also the Christmas season. Yes, and that's why we're wearing our Bishop Saint Nicholas hats. Right to remind us who the giver of life was. Yes, and remember just uh, just kind of a for, for your for you Catholic history buffs, mm-hmm. Santa Claus was a Catholic bishop. Yes, uh, we were just seeing on the internet this this gentleman who who marries people because he knew that that. Uh, the bishop was a clergy, so he wants to be, wants to marry people because he felt like he's he's Santa Claus, so yeah. he wants to marry people and uh, he's clergy. So yeah, we just saw him on Newsmax <laughs> yeah, right now. It was, it was a fake Santa, but that was kind of yeah, cute. Yeah, he's a Protestant minister who's yeah marrying people. Yeah, uh, and he's what, Santa Claus. <laughs> and he's Santa Claus. Yeah. Hey, uh, we want to just do a quick prayer that we want to get into the two topics today: spiritual warfare topics, because mm-hmm. that's what the show's all about. It's spiritual warfare, so we want to do the. Enter Santiphon from today's Mass and also the Colic Prayers. Very beautiful. In the name of the Father, Son, and, and of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. A child shall be born for us, and he will be called God, the Almighty. Every tribe of the earth shall be blessed in him. Almighty, ever-living God, as we see how the nativity of your Son according to the flesh draws near, we pray that to us, your unworthy servants, mercy may flow from your word, who chose to become flesh of the Virgin Mary and establish among us his dwelling, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Yeah, if you went to Mass, you would have, you would have heard the collect and the entrance antiphon. Yes. So. In most cases. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about, um, again, this is a spiritual warfare show. We like to keep it spiritual warfare on the practical level, things that affect us mm-hmm. on the ground level, not, not things that are just, you know, overly, overly academic. And so the first topic we want to talk is about a former nun who details years of satanic abuse by a Jesuit priest, Father Rupnik. And I say this because I'm just wondering, why doesn't Father Rupnik get the same treatment as Father Pavone? Yes. One's been, uh, you know, raping a woman for years, a nun for years, and the other one is a pro-life leader. Uh, Father Pavone gets canceled, and Father Rupnik is uh, is still uh, allowed to practice. Yes. So let's just jump right into it. Yeah. His sexual obsession was not extra- extemporaneous, but deeply connected to his conception of art and his theological thinking, said a former member of Father Rupnik's community, who says she was abused abused by him for nine years wow there's a picture of him he's uh he also you know he's very very uh dear to pope francis he's he leads spiritual reflections for the pope often Mm -hmm. yep the catholic church has been taken by storm in recent days with the news of jesuit father marco ivan rupnik's what is called father rupnik at this point after Mm -hmm. the name's too long and his sexual abuse but despite being a key figure in Rome, that's that's critical right mm-hmm. there. He's a key figure right now in the Francis, uh, yes. in the Francis yeah. staff, mm-hmm. if you will. The priest is not widely known in the wider church. Now, new details have highlighted the manner of his sexual abuse of nuns as he reportedly promoted, get this, 
a sexual threesome, he says, to mirror uh, the Holy Trinity. Wow. Absolute blasphemy. Absolutely. By the way, this is called an orgy, specifically denounced in Mm -hmm. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 to 21. So look it up so you can see. (laughs) We're not lying. So recently, the Italian news outlets broke news pertaining to the scandal surrounding Rupnik. As LifeSite News has reported, he was accused of psychologically and sexually abusing religious sisters of his Loyola community in allegations that dated back 30 years. The religious community of nuns was co-founded by a nun to whom Rupnik was both a friend and a spiritual father. Well, uh, uh, um, it's Car- Cardinal Donald Whirl, mm-hmm. he's... he's uh, you could watch him on the internet. He was saying that these sexual predators and these sex crimes were committed by clergy decades and decades yeah. ago. Not true. It's Not sti- true. It's still happening now. In fact, church militants every single day outs a new sexual predator. Mm-hmm. They're on top of this. And as a matter of fact, they're highlighting this specific priest. Yeah. Rupnik is making mm-hmm. a, the news right now, yeah. the Catholic news. Well, at least the Catholic news on right. that's not establishment. But again, it, it, people like, uh, you know, this case sounds to me like a... Uh, Bishop Franco Mulakal, he's from Jalandhar, India. He's, he raped an Indian woman from the southern state of Kerala back in 2014, mm-hmm. uh, whom he visited in a convent, and he called her into his room one night, and he went on to brutally rape her 13 more times. Mm-hmm. Well, how about in 2010? Mm-hmm. Rachel Mastro yeah. Giacomo, she was raped in multiple acts of satanic ritual abuse by a Catholic priest, Jacob Bertrand. He's now been defrocked. Mm-hmm. In, within the context of the holy sacrifice of the mass, these vile acts of sacrilege, and we can, I mean, I can keep on giving you one example after another. These vile acts of sacrilege and sexual violation occurred following many months of Bertrand's grooming and brainwashing mm-hmm. the devout 23-year-old woman who met her abuser when she was discerning her vocation in Rome. And that's what these guys do. Yeah. They they groom they groom them the, yeah and they 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 quote the Bible they'll say God told me I'm your spiritual director I'm your priest and what they do is use their psychological manipulation to rape women this yeah. is uh, this is probably why uh, yeah, Dante women... said that there's a special place in hell for clergy when you see the, this type of psychological manipulation using spiritual taking language. Advantage. This is the height of evil. Yeah, they've taken advantage of their their spiritual growth. They want to grow. Yeah. They love Jesus. They're they've excited. had a conversion. They've yeah. had a conversion. And this is where these men, these predators, yeah. get, you know, they, they, they capitalize on that. Oh, this is a good one. This is an innocent lamb that I'm <sighs> going to, you know, you abuse. God let's call it, let's yeah. call it what it is. So details also emerged that Rupnik had been found guilty by an ecclesiastical trial after he absolved an accomplice in confession with whom he had committed a sin against the sixth commandment. Okay, he, he fornicated so, you know, with her yep, as well. Yeah. As the Vatican and Jesuit order are both beset with numerous questions about a potential longstanding cover-up, many Catholics have yet to understand who Rupnik is. Over the past few days... Testimony from a former member of Rupnik's Loyola community has presented an account of Rupnik, presenting an image which is less known to the wider church, which sheds disturbing light of the alleged abuse which Rupnik perpetrated. Rupnik was born in November 1954 in Slovenia. After entering the Society of Jesus in 1973 and completing his theology studies in the Jesuit-run Gregorian University in Rome, 
He was ordained in 1985. In the early 1980s, he co-founded the Loyola community with Sister Ivanka Hosta. From the fall of 1991, he worked at Rome's Artistic Central Aleti, rising to become its director just a few years later. The Jesuits, the Jesuit also held a number of curial positions, mm. including that of a consultant for the Pontifical Council for Culture and the Pontifical Council for Promoting the New Evangelization. Yeah, he was very... Had he was connected. Very, yeah, very important positions. Yeah, very connected. Yeah. Right. However, Rubnik has risen to prominence, at least in Rome and amongst clerics, due to his artwork and mosaics, which are often marked by his unique style of the subject's eyes. He gained increased notoriety in recent years due to the number of prominent works, such as the logo for the Jubilee Year of, the, of Mercy in 2015, the famous two figures with a shared central eye. That's Jesus and Mary. They're, they're sharing the same eye in this, in this uh, artwork. In the explanation for the image, Repnik wrote that the shared eye symbolized that Christ saw through Adam's eye and vice versa. Christ sees with his eyes of Adam and Adam with the eyes of Christ, says Rubnik. I'd have to unpack that. I don't, that's, that sounds kind of theologically bizarre to me, but we'll leave that for another day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Rubnik also painted the official image of the 2022 World Meeting of Families, another image marked by the characteristics, characteristic of a shared conjoined eye. He says, what I felt was important was to show the novelty of the family according to the church, according to baptism, according to life in Christ, according to the new man, said Rupnik about that image. Now, I'm looking yeah. at, the, at the drawings yeah. here on the, in the article. Mm. Father Rupnik's drawings look like Hunter Biden's, Biden's drawings, okay? They're, they're nothing to write home to mom about. They're animated. Yeah, they're, they, look um, like a, they look like that of a third or fourth grader. Okay, mm -hmm. to me, I'm looking at them. There is no talent in these paintings, uh, mm -hmm. you know, in, in Rupnik's paintings, nor in Hunter Biden, for that matter. And there's matter. no. Where's the explanation on yeah. every stroke on that uh, on that canvas? canvas. Yeah. There's supposed, you know, at least in the Magnificat, you have multiple uh, portraits that they show and, and they explain. Yeah. They explain. There's theological reasons. For every stroke, every look, every eye, every every uh, color, it's it's very interesting. But here, I don't know if they have it. Um, yeah, well, you know, I can just, just I could just say that I'm looking at these baby pictures. Looks like a third or fourth <laughs> grader, you know, painted this. I wouldn't buy anything from Father Rupnik, and I wouldn't buy anything from Hunter Biden. Right, they're about the same. Yeah, so <laughs> same uh, talent. Yep, same talent, which is none. Mm -hmm. Upon the request of Pope John Paul II. Father Rupnik also led the multi-year renovations of the Vatican's Redemptorist Mater Chapel. I wonder how that looks on the inside. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Indeed, a non-exhaustive list of Rupnik's artwork reveals just how extensive has been his reach across the Catholic Church and how welcomed he has been. His artwork has been... Uh, there she oh, is, um, the cause of our joy. The one who said yes. The one who brought us Christmas. Yes. If it wasn't for Mary, there'd be no Christmas. No Mary, no Christ Mass. Think about that. Our pro-life virgin. Yes. Mary gave us Christ who gave us the Mass. Amen. We'll be back. Ora por nobis.
your beauty and your grace. Wow. Just like the light of dawn. Our Lady Guadalupe, pray for us. Hey, we've got our Santa Claus hat because he was a Catholic bishop. So we as Catholics. join us if you have one. Yeah. Family. That's what we are. We're family. Definitely on December 25th when your family comes, especially you grandparents, put on a Santa Claus hat. He was a Catholic bishop. Then tell them. They'll say, hey, Dad, Grandpa, you got a Santa Claus hat. You look kind of funny. You look kind of silly. Say, hey, by the way, did you know that he was a Catholic bishop? And then just go into the story. Talk about his generosity. Talk about the way he uh, slapped the heretic or punched the heretic at the Council of Nicaea. Yes, uh, that, and yeah. that's what we do here at the Romero household. Yes, yes, and talk about the way he had, uh, he was part of writing the Nicene Creed so that we yeah. can know who Jesus really is. Just a little evangelization. That's right. Arrows yeah. during see, your guy, Christmas gatherings. You can see he's a Catholic bishop because this, um, this is actually a mitre. See? <laughs> This is a bishop's mitre. Well, mine is, yeah. mine is a hat. Yours yeah, is yours mitre. Is, mine, yeah, mine. <laughs> so we're talking about Father Rupnik, and um, nothing's happened to him. This guy's a sexual predator, but Father Pavone, he's, I guess, too pro-life for the current administration right now that uh, occupies the, the Sea of Peter. And so he's been canceled, and uh, Father, uh, mm-hmm. Father Rupnik is still uh, out mm-hmm. there doing business. Mm-hmm. The article says about him, his artwork has been commissioned for and is now displayed in numerous locations across the world including the Vatican City, Italy, Slovenia, USA, Romania, Russia. In addition to receiving such continued favor from numerous clerics and even popes, Rutnick has received a number of awards for his artwork. Just like I said before, you, yes, just like Hunter Biden, right. another sexual predator who sells his art for tons of money. I wouldn't, It looks like baby art. There's yeah. nothing to it. You know, it's funny. Those people, there's people that I know that are accused of uh, predation, and they were, for example, we know this one wrestling coach, very well liked, he was uh, convicted for it, but before he was even convicted, they removed everything with his name in the gym where he was uh, was running a youth club. He was one of the major uh, wrestling coaches. So see, why don't they do this for him? There is um, double standard. Double, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Double standard. See? Yep. There's a, and we see it in the church, too. And this, but you know who's going to... I'll tell you what. The, the wheels of justice grind slowly, but they grind to fine powder. And Jesus yeah. Christ is going to take care of all of this. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to get away with anything. Nope. I hope, nope, I hope everybody not. listening, mm-hmm. you live and die in a state of grace. Right. So critics, however, expressed disapproval of Rupnick's art many years prior to the recent reports of sexual abuse being made public. And especially after he was pushed into the wider Catholic world with his 2015 Jubilee Year of Mercy logo. Such, such mistrust of Rupnik's artwork is now being supported in light of the explosion of sex abuse allegations made against him, along with, the, with news of his prior excommunication. While critics have highlighted the peculiarities of his artwork for many years, now one of his alleged victims of sexual abuse has stated that his art is deeply connected to his sexual perversions. Now listen to this. this the following is damning. Yes. Yeah. The statement was made to Italian investigative news outlet Domani by a former member of the Loyola community with the synonym Anna. Anna noted that Repnik used his paintings as a way to garner interest in him and to cultivate relationships. She said, I could not imagine that back then when he was explaining to me that the bodies drawn on the Kamasurta boards were an art form. He was already a frequent visitor to porn movies, Mm. Domini reported her as saying. 
When modeling for Rupnik early in their acquaintance, modeling which involved undoing her blouse, I mean, this is the nun, okay? Anna stated that? that Rupnik kissed her in the mouth on one occasion. This is Father Rupnik, this liberal modernist Jesuit, stating that this was how he kissed the altar where he celebrated the Eucharist. Notice the way these, these uh, clergy sexual predators, they use spiritual language and prayer and theology mm-hmm. to rape their victims, to fornicate mm-hmm. with them. It says, um, describing the increase, the increasing levels of sexual intimacy with Rupnik demanded of her, this nun, Anna, it's her fake name, pseudoname, mm-hmm. stated that she, that if she rejected him or did not comply with his wishes, quote, he would impl- he would immediately say that my spiritual path was getting stranded and present me as wrong to the other boys and girls in the group that was forming around him in the meantime. Anna also stated that Rupnik's art was firmly linked to his sexual desires. It was a real abuse of conscience. His sexual obsession was not extemporaneous, but deeply connected to his conception of art and his theological thinking. Wow. Father Marco at first slowly and gently infiltrated my psychological and spiritual world by appealing to my uncertainties and frailties while using my relationship with God to push me to have sexual experiences with him. She added that Rupnik would, quote, respect Request. A request for more and more erotic games in his studio wow. at the Collegio de Gesù in Rome while painting or after the celebration of Eucharist or after confession. Wow. Mm. He had no restraints. He used every means to achieve his goal, even uh, confidences heard in confession, she stated. The former member of Rupnik's community stated that he even encouraged her to have threesomes with another sister from the community because sexuality had to be, according to him, free from possession in the image of the Trinity were, he said, the third gathered the relationship between the two. Unbelievable. God help us. This blasphemy, this this. God help us, this perversion I'm in the speechless. church. I'm yeah. speechless. Yeah. She estimated that of the 41 women in the loyal community in the early 1990s, Rupnik had engaged in sexual abuse, get ready for this, with about 20 of them. Half of them, just half of them. Wow. Yeah, and right here, uh, it says, Anna stated that Rupnik's relation was, was her, with her was marked by a move mm. from theological justifications, just like I told you, mm-hmm. for sex, and then he just went to an exclusively pornographic relationship. Yep. Once he groomed her, he just says, forget yep. about talking theology and scripture. Right. I'm just going to just have raw sex with her. Right. Yeah. That's, you know, because he's already at the point where she's... She's broken. She's psychologically broken, broken and already. And she's giving in. She's already a victim yep. to mm-hmm. him. Yep. Yeah. Anna stated that she came close to committing suicide due to the abuse she suffered for nine years at the hands of Rupnik. She added that both church officials and the Jesuit order themselves had been informed about Rupnik by, by Anna from as early as 1994. The Vatican has yet to issue a statement on Rupnik's case, nor has it addressed allegations that Pope Francis interviewed within, intervened, uh, intervened. intervened within hours to lift the excommunication Rupnik incurred. So he was uh, excommunicated and Pope and then, Francis lifted the excommunication this guy should be not only excommunicated; he should also he be thrown did in quite the, a few. He with, should be thrown yeah. in the deepest, uh, darkest parts of, of a jail yeah. in Rome, mm. uh, never to see the light of day. On the spiritual warfare side of this, this is pure Satanism. Yes, there is no other word for this vile, horrifying abuse. Why on earth 
has Father Rupnik not been laicized? When a priest misuses his consecrated mm-hmm. body mm-hmm. and has carnal relations with a man or a woman, this is an offering to Satan. Mm-hmm. It's a satanic ritual, especially mm-hmm. when he uses his consecrated hands in an impure manner, which always happens in these fornication cases. As obviously, yeah. the hands are used. Uh, a former Jesuit who's now passed away, his name's Alberto Rivera, also says that this is back in the 60s that he attended as a Jesuit a black mass in the Vatican with Jesuits. Malachi Martin, another former Jesuit back in the 60s, himself uh, says he did not attend the black, a black mass, but he knew of them when he worked in the Vatican. He later resigned the Jesuits around 1972. So Alberto Rivera, Malachi Martin, two former Jesuits back in the mm-hmm. 60s and 70s, they've been talking about this for decades mm-hmm. that the Jesuits have been doing this. Decades. Uh, by the way, Malachi, well, Malachi, well, Alberto Rivera, that's from the horse's mouth. He attended yeah, one. He attended one. So, and he's written about it. There's, yes. there's, he, he's, it's, it's well documented in the books he's written. So Malachi Martin was laid aside so that he could write books on the corruption that he had seen in the Vatican. Uh, in an interview with Malachi Martin, he said the following quote, There was this consecration, this enthronement of Satan within the Vatican, of Lucifer, by the way. It's a historical fact. It was done one particular day by a certain group of people representing Luciferians all over the world, especially American Luciferians. It was done. Therefore, in a certain sense, Lucifer has power. He doesn't own yet, but I'm sure he hopes to own some Pope as his man. Close quote. And as I as I hear this, uh, I'm going to just uh, somebody even before Alberto Rivera and mm-hmm. Malachi Martin, two former Jesuit priests. Fulton Sheen back and Archbishop Sheen back in 1948. What a prophet. Yeah, exactly. Look at what he says. And it kind of sounds strikingly Mm, relevant and similar to the current situation today about Father Father, uh, uh, Rupnik. Mm -hmm. Look at what uh, and, and, and the Pope Francis papacy and what Alberto Rivera and Malachi Martin, former Jesuits, have said. Look at what Sheen says here. Quote, Satan will set up a counter church. It will be the ape of the church. It will have all the notes and characteristics of the church, but in reverse and emptied of its divine content. The false prophet will have a religion without a cross, a religion without a world to come, a religion to destroy religions. There will be a counterfeit church. Christ's church will be one and the false prophet will create the other. The false church will be worldly, ecumenical, And global. (laughs) It will be a loose federation of churches and religions forming some type of global association. Oh, this is all just, this is (laughs) smacks of what we're living in right now. A world parliament of churches. It will be emptied of all divine content. It will be the mystical body of the Antichrist. The mystical body on earth today will have its Judas Iscariot and he will be the false prophet. This was written in 1948 by Fulton Sheen. Pray for us. In his book, yeah, Communism and the Conscience of the West. Yeah, exactly. Fulton Sheen, Sheen, pray pray for for us. us. And, you know, it's um, people say, come on, how how can the devil take out a bishop or or even a pope? What? Are you kidding me? Think about in Matthew chapter 16, when Jesus just makes Peter the first pope, he gives him the keys and he calls him the rock. Mm-hmm. Then right after that, I think like in verse 23, he says, 
Get behind me, Satan. You are thinking like a man, not like God. Yeah. And what about when he denied him three times? Yeah. So the point is, I mean, well, Jesus actually called him, get behind me. He called him Satan. Yeah. He just called him the rock and, the, and you have the keys and you're the, you're the foundations. <laughs> then after that, he called him Satan. So what does that mean? It means that any, any pope has the, the capacity to sin, yep. even mortally. Yep. And if you don't believe that, in, in the Gospel of John chapter 13, I forget so what verse. So much for once saved, always saved, yeah, right, Theory? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, when Jesus is having the Last Supper and the 12 apostles, who he handpicked himself, mm. handpicked them. The Bible says that Judas was there next to Jesus, and the Bible says, and Satan entered into his heart. Judas was a bishop. Mm-hmm. Satan can enter into a bishop's heart. Yep. Our Lady Guadalupe, pray for us. Pray for the bishops. Pray for our priest. Stay tuned, family. We're going to be talking about Roger Jason Stone. And uh, and, uh, and and a portal, and a portal. over the White House. Yes, a, por- portal, a demonic a portal. portal. Yep. Is this microphone on? Surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, did you know that our engineer was Santa Claus? I didn't know yeah. until now. Richard, it, it's the, his, Richard O'Bannon is actually the real Santa Claus. So those of you that ha- need to send in your wish, wish list, send it to VMPR. That's right. And, <laughs> and Richard, Santa Claus will take care of them for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's been around a long time since the fourth century. Yes, I wonder how many, how many candles on the birthday cake Richard has. Richard, thank you. That was a wonderful commercial. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> hey, did you know that there are people that are alleging that there's a diabolical portal over the White House. It doesn't surprise me if there is. Eric Metaxas, he's a conservative evangelical Yale graduate. He's got a show called The Eric Metaxas Show. He's he's an author, speaker, and conservative radio host. He interviews Roger Stone. Everybody knows who Roger Stone is. He's an American political consultant, lobbyist, strategist, He's uh, been the a campaign. Uh, uh, he's campaigned. He's worked on the campaigns of uh, Nixon, Reagan, Camp Dole, Trump. He's been around a long time. A he's, long time. Yeah, he's a he's lobbyist. He's a lobbyist for the uh, Republican mm-hmm. Party. He just had a recent conversion to evangelical Protestantism. So he's mm-hmm. now his his language has been purified. He's no longer just talking about politics. He's talking about Jesus now. But uh, Eric Metaxas interviews him. And Roger Stone, he talks about a demonic portal above the White House. He said that he had a police friend investigate it. And of course, the mainstream media, they're, I'm sure they're going to yeah. poke fun at Roger Stone's observations. Of they are. Uh, but if we know that demonic, as Catholics, mm-hmm. demonic portals are real. Mm-hmm. So as we listen to this interview right now, it sounds plausible to us here, the Romeros. And it would, exp- it, if this is true, it would explain mm-hmm. a lot about the diabolic Biden administration and the demonic Democrat Party. So mm-hmm. listen to Roger Stone being interviewed by Eric Metaxas about this demonic portal above the White House. Can you play the clip? You were talking about when somebody says he's become a Christian, you know, there's levels. When you're talking about the supernatural, there are a lot of people that go, oh, I don't know, that sounds weird to me. You were talking about something extraordinary and I just love you to touch on that subject this is because Eric it's at least speaking very interesting. I think that there has this is the, Roger Stone. A, a portal, a demonic portal, opened above the White House. 
around the time that the Bidens moved in. This was brought to my attention by a Christian who lives in North Florida who sent me a bunch of photographs uh, and a bunch of documents and also some notations in the, in the, in the Bible about portals. Uh, and I was like, okay, sure. Uh-huh. Okay, appreciate it. Thank well, you. Well, I bro. mean, you should start out by right. being skeptical. I was saying that, sound, that sounds insane to me. Exactly what I did. Uh, but please continue. So I was skeptical about it. Um, but I looked at the photos, and, I lo- and you, you can also, there's a live cam where you can actually see in real time, and there does appear to be something, you know, above the White House. Something, something inexplicable. Say, well, at first you say, well, maybe it's a reflection. Maybe it's a, an aerostat balloon. You know, maybe there's a logical... So I, I called a police officer I know, works in Arlington, it's a friend of mine. And I said, look, um, do me a favor. Would you go down and check this out? He said, are you out of your mind? I said, no, just, just humor me. Just humor me. Go down there and, and check it out and tell me what... Call me back and tell me what you see. Right. And take photos. And he called me back about two and a half hours later and he said, you're not going to believe this, but... There's definitely something there, and it's there. He said, "People who are, other people were there photographing it." One man called and said, "You can see it day or night. It's a it's like a smudge in the sky, almost like a cloud that doesn't move. Damn. But when you zoom in on it mm. with a telephonic lens, it's swirling like a cauldron." Now wait a minute. So this is like what eight months ago? Yes. Okay. So this is a cop. Yes. Telling you that. He doesn't know what the heck it is, but but it's something. But yeah, there's something there. Correct. And there has this persisted? Yes, it's still there. It's still there. It's still there. Okay, that's nuts. Like, how has the media not covered this? Well, the media doesn't cover a lot of things that are true. The point, of course, <laughs> yeah, is that, that prophets, who I do believe, uh, and other holy men, have told me that only prayer can close the demonic portal. I mm-hmm. believe that as well. I actually address it in my prayers every night. Uh, but there's something going on there. There's no question about it. You can think I'm crazy. Go look for yourself. Don't take my word for it. I was it. just going to say, I, I, I just think that, you know, uh, uh, skepticism is healthy. But then the question is, OK, what is this? Why would a cop who uh, initially says that sounds nuts, but OK, I'll look. And, and then he tells you, well, yeah, there's four dozen photographs of it uh, that, that either he took or other people have sent me uh, saved in my cell phone. There's clearly something there. I'm looking for a logical explanation. Is it a reflection from the, you know, from a, from well, the reflecting pool, or is it a, is it a, you know, some some device they use for weather? No, there's no logical explanation. I believe it is a demonic portal. So now, now Salon and the Daily Beast will beat the crap out of both of us yeah. for even bringing this up. Oh goody! Um, the thing <laughs> is, I'm not familiar with the concept of portals, demonic or otherwise, and so I don't have a category. I can't say. Uh, anything other than the fact that I do believe uh, the the Biden administration is under a curse. We can't explain the way we used to explain things. It seems that the Democratic Party is, you know, speeding uh, toward Marxism. Uh, We're not dealing with Tip O'Neill anymore. So I, I think this is a clarifying moment for the nation. And I also think that it's an existential crisis. We are in, in, in a war, as you said earlier, between good and mm-hmm. evil. But that's simply become clearer. Uh, it wasn't clear uh, a decade or two ago. Well, if you believe the Bible, and we do, then you believe Satan exists, and he does. And you believe there are demons. And therefore, a portal in which demons enter this realm, it's not such a crazy idea at all. Uh, and that these demons 
populate the Biden administration, well, I mean, mm-hmm. look at some of them. You can't tell whether they're men or women. They don't seem to know either. Actually, we, I didn't even <laughs> want to go there because it's, it's so nauseating, re- revolting. But there are figures uh, in this administration that they mm-hmm. almost mm-hmm. seem there to mock America. Yes. Mm. To mock the nation, to mock the the, the blood uh, of the patriots who died for this nation. Mm-hmm. Well, you just listened to an uh, interview with Eric Metaxas. He was interviewing Roger Stone about a demonic portal over the White House. Yeah, so he, he spoke about a police. The police confirmed demonic portal swirling like a cauldron, visible above... Biden's White House, there is a demonic portal that opened above the White House after President Joe Biden moved in, and it is visible for those who are looking for it. According to Roger Stone, who says Arlington, Virginia, police have confirmed the visibility of the portal. Roger Stone told the conservative radio host, Eric Metaxas, he has seen it swirling like a cauldron above the White House, as have others who spent enough time looking. During Sunday's edition of the Eric Metaxas radio show, the host asked Roger Stone to repeat to him on the air an anecdote he had previously shared. He said, I think that a portal, a demonic portal, opened above the White House around the time that the Bidens moved in, Stone said. This was brought to my attention by a Christian who lives in North Florida who sent me a bunch of documents and also a bunch of notations from the Bible about the portals. Roger Stone said he first expressed skepticism about the existence of the portal above 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. That's where the White House is, which Metaxas praised him for, Roger Stone said. So I was skeptical about it, but I looked at the photos. Also, there's a live cam where you can actually see in real time. And there does appear to be something above the White House. At first you say, oh, maybe it's a reflection. Maybe it's an um, an aerostat b- balloon. Maybe there's a logical explanation. Close quote. Close quote. That's what he said. Meditate. Uh, media, media, media report, report that Stone said he called a friend of his who who is a police officer in Arlington, Virginia, and asked him to investigate it. Arlington police responded by confirming that many people have seen the portal above the White House. So without a doubt, people are calling up the police department and they're they're reporting it. And they're reporting it. So he said, he called me back about two and a half hours later and said, this is Roger Stone Mm -hmm. talking, you're not going to believe this, but there's definitely something there. Other people were there photographing it. Stone said, said he, 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 he was told. Stone said, if, if one zooms in on whatever's floating above the Biden White House, it can be seen swirling like a cauldron. Hmm. The host asked why the media has given no coverage to the portal. Roger Stone responded, the media doesn't cover a lot of things that are true. It is not the first time Stone has spoken publicly about the portal. He told an audience at the Reawaken America Tour event in South Carolina in May this year that you can see it day and night. Well, that's revealing. Yeah, day so and night. A, so he's already mentioned yeah, this before. Before at the America Reawaken America. And it doesn't surprise me that the media is not going to yeah. report this because yeah. the media, of course, again, the the the, the media is corrupt. That the, the mm-hmm. media the, the media is an agent of they Satan. They don't believe right now. in Satan. <laughs> yeah. They don't believe the devil exists, Well, right? th- that's what they say. That's what they say. Yeah, but they, right, actually, they but, actually work for him. Yeah, right. But of course, to you and me, they'll say, oh, that, that's a yeah, myth. That right, we don't believe right, in that. Right, right, right. 
just to convince us. Yeah, but they're, us. they're employed by him, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Uh, he continues, there is a satanic portal above the White House, and you can see it day and night, he said. It exists. It is real and must be closed, and it will be closed by prayer. He added, drawing claps and cheers. Roger Stone went on to claim that this portal, for, portal first appeared after Biden became president, and it will be closed before he leaves. Very interesting. Well, On the next segment, if, we're going to talk about how to close a, po- a portal like that. Yeah. I'll tell you exactly if, how to do it. I mean, it. he'll leave if yeah. uh, if it's a believer that's in the White House. Oh, yeah. And for example, you don't if, have that problem under, under Trump because he yeah. had the House exercised. Right. He had a statue of Our Lady of Fatima there. Uh, I know for for a fact, I just can't say the priest, there was a priest that was do daily mass in the White House in one of the side rooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, that, ha- the, yeah, under under Trump, there was sanctifying grace and actual graces bombarding the White House. And also, uh, Melania got rid of all the occultic stuff that other president, presidents had pinned on the walls that they had received from dignitaries and other VIPs and other presidents. And so she, she just cleansed the entire house from anything that smacked of the diabolical or the superstitious, and she brought in a priest to do an exorcism on on the White House. But again, it's back again. The, de- yep. the demons are back again because yeah. uh, demons follow people. Yep. And uh, they followed Joe Biden back into the White House. Yep. We'll continue the talking pro-bo. about... Yeah. Well, oh, here she comes. Our Lady Guadalupe. The cause of our joy. The pro-life virgin. The pro-life virgin. The pro-life princess. The pro-life queen mother. The queen mother. Ora pray for us. We'll be right back. We are back, family. Jesus 911 with Jesse and Anita. Yep. Wow, we're in our last segment. Yep. It's going by so fast. So is there a demonic portal over the White House? Not. That's plausible. Absolutely. Especially with the president, the, the present president yes. of the country. You know, Father Ripperger in his book, Deliverance Prayers for the Lady, he has a prayer. It's called a perimeter prayer. And here's one sentence of that prayer. Look at the way it reads. Quote, I ask that no demonic bondage, door, portron, demonic entity, portal, astral projection, or disembodied spirit may enter the space of 100 yards in all directions of us, or me, or my house. A portal simply means an opening. That's, that all, that's what it means. But, Bay, what does it mean according to, uh, yeah. again, the, the, the dictionary? Right, the a dictionary. Portal. A portal is used vernacularly as an entry point or opening Satanists have rituals whereby they formally invoke Satan and open a spiritual portal. After specific rituals over a period of time, the place becomes cursed, i.e. an unsacred place, and acts as a place of entry for demons. This would be the technical jargon of the occult, but most people use the word vernacularly as a door, gate, or entrance, especially one of the imposing appearance, an entrance to a tunnel or, or mine. The second de- definition that is used is a, a website that functions as an entry point to the Internet. Those definitions come from dictionary.com, yeah. the latter. Mm-hmm. So yeah. demonic portals are common. It's part of the spirit of this age mm-hmm. or the zeitgeist, the demon of this age. Especially a place like the White House. Think about it. There are so many evil men and women living in mortal sin there. Mm-hmm. No doubt. 
a lot of them are Freemasons. No doubt, some of them are Illuminati, Satanists, witches, and Luciferians who are diabolically afflicted or have psychological compatibility with demons. If you don't believe me, just look at the the, the five. There are five, at least five high-ranking employees there that don't know if they're men or women and that wear satanic uh, garb. Uh, in, 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 they dress with satanic garb, mm-hmm. satanic undershirts. Uh, and if you look at their social media, two of them at least are openly Satanists that work for Biden. And so it doesn't surprise me, again, most especially with this wicked, evil president like Joe Brandon, he's the father of the country. That's what a president is in relation to the people. They're the father of the country. Mm -hmm. So think about this. By natural law, he's the highest patriarch Mm -hmm. or the patriarchal authority in the country. Yep. And he's the most pro-abortion pro-LGBT president in the entire history of the country. In fact, he himself has performed (coughs) two so-called homosexual weddings in the White House. He signed dozens and dozens of godless anti-Christian executive orders. Again, he has, without a doubt, he has psychological compatibility with a demon. And Mm -hmm. without a doubt, he is diabolically afflicted at some level. Remember, Remember what the, the the great exorcist, Father Gabriel Amorth, rest in peace, the exorcist of 29 years in Rome, he said in an interview, demons are attracted to politicians. They like people that have raw power. A, a demon especially would be attracted to a politician with the power of Biden, uh, especially an apostate baptized Catholic who lives in mortal sin like Brandon and, and uh, Pelosi. Okay. <laughs> The, uh, Let's go. That's, <laughs> the, the only now, the only person that has a jury. I had to say that. Sorry. The only person that has a juridical authority to drive out demons from the city of Washington D.C. is Cardinal Wilton Gregory from the Archdiocese of Washington. If 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 he would do a. There's a special prayer on it. What's the name of the prayer that a bishop can do to drive demons, blow them out of the city? Okay. Who was it written by and what's the prayer okay, called? The, pr- the prayer, Exorcism Against Satan and the Fallen Angels. It was written by Weller uh, Rituali. In uh, Weller's edition, appends a translator note that says, Whereas the preceding rite of exorcism is designated for a particular person, the form given here is meant especially to be employed to expel the devil's sway over a locality, parish, city, whatever. So again, it's it's to expel the devil's sway over locality. Okay, so that's so, what. So the prayers called, called exorcism, exorcism against Satan, Satan and the fallen, fallen angels. angels. Yes, the prayer was written mm-hmm. by Pope Leo the Thirteenth. It's that's that's this is known as Chapter Three of the Rite of Exorcism. Okay. A Catholic bishop that does chapter three of the rite of exorcism written by Pope Leo the Thirteenth has the power to drive the devil or demons away from a parish, mm-hmm. a city, or a location. Here's a commentary from the uh, the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith under Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger, uh, where he comments about chapter three of the rite of exorcism. He says here, here again... The directive is restrictive of Christ's faithful. In other words, lay people can't use it. Okay? Mm-hmm. 
The lady, yep. it restricts in fairly clear terms, mm-hmm. may not employ the use of part three of the 1614 rite of exorcism ritual, which was promulgated during the reign of Pope Leo XIII and added officially to the 1925 revision of the rite of exorcism. It is called exorcism against Satan and the fallen angels and has, from its inclusion in the ritual, been considered an exorcism over places, not persons. And so the only person that can... that can drive this portal out of Washington D.C. would be Cardinal. Uh, what's his name? The the, the D.C. Uh, Wilton yeah, Gregory. Yeah, he can do it. But don't. Yep. Don't uh, hold your breath because he's he's a modernist. Yep. He's right. A, he is he's, a, absolutely. He's a modernist. modernist. He's not going to do I don't this think prayer do it. against his friend. Right. Absolutely not. Because it's. <laughs> Did gonna, I say that? Yeah. <laughs> he's not going to do a prayer against his friends. <laughs> I think they are friends. Maybe, yeah, maybe, <laughs> I may have to go to confession after this. Yeah. So um, what is, I know you're asking, what is a portal? We just mentioned it, but we're going to just kind of review it a little bit. Yeah. And and can a bishop do a prayer of exorcism yeah. over a diocese? We did uh, uh, cover that a little bit, but what a portal means a door and opening. So in relationship to the diabolical, it means a place that is cursed and consecrated to Satan. It becomes an opening by which demons enter this world. And of course, yes, a bishop as a successor of the apostles has full authority to pray over his city prayers of exorcism because he is the official exorcist of his diocese within that city. There's an example. We had Bishop Strickland. Satanists went to the city and what did he do? He said prayers of exorcism to repel the demons coming into a city. And to so keep a city protected. He did yeah. exercise his, and he knows yeah. the bishopric. He knows his role as a bishop. Yeah, he's one of the few that, that knows that, his role. And that is the ultimate role, yeah. I believe. By the way, you got these... That's bi- the protecting you, of the souls in the diocese. You have billionaires and scientists mm-hmm. and the globalists and the great reset people mm-hmm. that are actively trying to bring demons into the world. How so? There's... Uh, there's a big machine. It's called CERN, C-E-R-N. <laughs> it's in Switzerland. It actually is, it actually stands for the European Organization for Nuclear Research, known as CERN. It's an intergovernmental organization that operates the largest particle physics laboratory in the world. CERN was built in Switzerland. It's the world's largest, most powerful machine, 17 miles long. Wow. 574 feet beneath the Earth's surface worth billions of dollars. It's supposed to discover how the Big Bang occurred. You know how the Big Bang occurred? Grab your Bible. It's in Genesis chapter 1, <laughs> verse 1. You don't, need to spend, you don't need to spend billions of dollars on a, on a big machine. I know. <laughs> grab, grab your Bible. You'll That's know how the, stealing from the people. <laughs> you'll know how the Big Bang occurred. But Money's stealing from the people. These scientists believe they can make contact with what they call this interdimensional doorway. <clears throat> Portal. Yep. Portal. Where they can make contact with something on the other side of this doorway, this portal, or something on the other side of this portal might come to Earth. So that's, that's the reason why they built this CERN, this machine. The CERN, just to make it very simple for you to understand, it's a giant Ouija board. Wow, and these Luciferian is, scientists, that's revealing. backed up by billionaires, are trying to make contact with demons. Something interesting. 
the CERN, this giant machine. Isn't this a, a modern day of the Tower of Babel? Absolutely. It's another modern day of Tower yeah. of Babel. Yeah. Where they're trying to reach God. God. They're trying yeah. to reach the other side. side. Yeah. Right. But it's, I think there's a verse in Scripture that really nails it. It's That's... in Revelation chapter 9. It sounds very, very similar to in mm-hmm. Revelation chapter 9, this CERN machine. You know, because all this talk of opening a doorway into another dimension mm-hmm. where something might come out, it reminds me of Revelation chapter 9, verses 1 to 3, mm-hmm. which reads as follows. To him, and that's a reference to Satan, okay? To him was given the key to the bottomless pit. That's hell. And he opened the, bo- Satan opened the bottomless pit and there came out, and, and there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth. Wow. Locusts is another way of saying demons, demons. In, the, in the book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. So here John the Apostle tells us about a time when Satan, you know, towards the end of time, will be given the key to this bottomless pit to release a horde of demonic beings resembling locusts upon the earth. Again, just I'm just wondering here out loud, thinking out loud, I wonder if this biblical event is connected with the experiments going on at the CERN. In other words, mm-hmm. Revelation chapter 9 yep. is being fulfilled right now in Switzerland yep. with this big machine called the CERN. Yep. They're trying to connect with the other side, right. uh, another dimension through a doorway. Mm-hmm. That sounds to me completely occultic and satanic. Yeah, and you know that that there's a, it says smoke out of the, out of the smoke locusts upon the earth. Well, we know we this one person that's having some demonic activity in her home, and uh, she says that there's smoke that hovers over her bed. Yeah. Well, she's got some um, some impediments that she needs to be taken care of, and that's what she's working on. But she's describing what's going on with her with her home with uh, diabolical activity, and that's one of them. The smoke. She actually showed me her yeah. phone. She took a picture. Smoke comes out. Black smoke comes out of her Imagine. mattress. And it hovers over. It just swirls around her bed. And it's on her phone. She showed this to me. So there's a portal. She opened a portal. She opened a portal. Yeah. Well, Well, and a greater note, happy, holy, blessed remainder of Advent season and Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas. We'll see. Yeah, because we're probably going to see you next time. Next time. And we're ready for New Year's Eve. Yeah, for New Year's Eve. (laughs) But we'll still be in the Christmas season. That's right. Absolutely. We'll still be doing both. Yep. So up next, Gary Machuda. But as for us, we love you. We, we love, love you, family. family. We, we enjoy this Friday show. Have a merry, merry Christmas. Yeah, keep Jesus in your heart and keep yes. Christ in Christmas. And evangelize people and tell people, hey, Jesus is the reason for the season. Merry Christmas.